There it is, a win for the ages. This is All American, a new series from Stitcher. You realize Tiger Woods doesn't know who he is. Best in the history of golf, no question in my mind. And this season, we're asking. What if the story of Tiger Woods that the media has been telling, what if it's been completely wrong? Season one of All American premieres August 20th. Subscribe or favorite now. Feel like you've watched all the things? Find even more to love with Xfinity X1, the ultimate entertainment experience. Catch live sports. They're back along with more scores and more. With the Xfinity Sports Zone, the best sports entertainment experience. Plus, find all your streaming apps and more in one place with the award-winning voice remote. X1 makes entertainment simple, easy, awesome. To learn more, go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. This is The Longest Shortest Time from WNYC. I'm Hillary Frank. This is the fourth and final episode of our Sex and Parenthood series, which has been just so much fun to work on. And it's been amazing to see so many of you engaging with each other on our blog and in our Facebook groups on this topic that is almost never talked about in a real way. So please, please, please keep that up. Our website is longestshortesttime.com. Our Facebook groups are Longest Shortest Time Mamas and Longest Shortest Time Papas. So in this series, we've covered sex advice and childbirth injuries. In the last show, we heard a mom having the talk with her eight-year-old son. Today's story is about teenagers and what happens when they start thinking about having sex, which of course can lead to having babies. Lots of schools try to prevent teen pregnancies with a dose of simulated parenthood. You know, they have the kids carry around eggs or sacks of flour, pretend that they're babies that they have to take care of. These days, some schools are replacing their eggs and flour sacks with robotic babies. They're made by a company called RealityWorks. One of the purposes of what we do is to help prevent teen pregnancy, yes. This is Tim Betcher, president of RealityWorks. He told me the story of Rick and Mary Germain, the couple who invented the robot babies, in 1993. One night they were sitting on the couch watching a television program on PBS. And in that program, kids were learning what it was like to care for an infant by carrying around eggs and sacks of flour. And, you know, Rick, he looked over to Mary, his wife, and said, that's the dumbest way to learn what it's like to care for an infant. Rick, as it turns out, is an actual rocket scientist worked for NASA for a number of years. And a couple weeks after seeing the show with the kids and the eggs, Rick got laid off. He had a lot of time on his hands. Well, Rick went out to the garage, you know, tinkered around and created the very first uh, baby. So he took a doll that uh, you could pick up at your Walmart store and uh, put some electronics in that doll that cried. You know, so that's how the first version worked. Now, two decades later, the babies are more high-tech. They have computers inside that make them cry all throughout the day and the night. Their crying patterns are based on logs kept by actual parents. Schools sometimes use the babies in a program called Baby Think It Over. Each baby costs over $600, including its car seat and clothes and bottles and other accessories. In today's show, we bring you to a school where you'll get to hear those babies in action. The story is a collaboration with the wonderful This American Life. Stay with us.
first time I saw a robotic baby was at my local pharmacy. It's one of those old-timey places with a candy counter and surgical supplies and a large selection of scented candles. One day I was in the store, and I heard this teenage girl behind me say, My God, this baby is so heavy. She had a car seat slung over her shoulder like a purse. and For a second, I thought the plastic baby inside it was real. The real ones are heavier, I told her. She groaned and whipped the car seat over to her other shoulder. At the time, I had a three-year-old, and I was dying to know if this girl's experience with the plastic baby was anything remotely like my experience with my flesh-and-blood baby. The girl told me she went to Glenridge High. Glenridge is the town next to mine in New Jersey. So I called the school and asked if they'd let me hang out the next time the kids got the babies. Oh, and don't forget to support her nap when you pick her up out of the car seat, okay? Ms. Hogan, the health teacher, is setting up two girls with their babies. The robot babies are so expensive that the school only has 10 of them, so the students take turns with them for two solid days of pretend parenting. In the class I visited, the students on deck were Rachel. Let's kick it. I'm excited. My baby's here. And Paige. I don't know why I'm so nervous about this baby, but it'll be good. My producer Joanna and I followed them with their babies over the next 48 hours. Rachel and Paige are friends, but they're about as different as two 17-year-olds can be. We'll start with Paige. Paige is brimming with maternal affection for her fake baby. She pulls a flowered onesie out of her book bag and shows it to Joanna. I brought clothes for her. Wait, are these your baby clothes? Uh, like, I think some of them are. Uh, my mom saved them, and then I used them for when I used to play baby dolls. Just a note here about Paige's voice. I've never heard anyone talk like her before. She's not whispering or anything. This is just the way she sounds. You're really, like, going for the full immersion. I am. I am. Because I, I was so excited to get a baby. So I know it'll be so much fun. It'll be hard. But it'll, it'll be fun. To be clear, there was no need to bring baby clothes. The doll comes with its own outfit. Paige is a devout Christian. She wears a purity ring. And um, I made a promise that I will not ever give myself away before I'm married, because I think it's one of the worst mistakes somebody could do. So that's Paige. Now, here's Rachel. I don't think that losing your virginity is giving yourself away. I think Rachel is the quintessential theater kid. She describes herself as liberal and bisexual. She's never had sex with anyone, but she keeps a good luck condom in her drawer, just in case. Just, it's just in my room. I know it's there. Like, I went on a trip somewhere once, like by myself, and I just brought it, even though I knew I wouldn't use it. But it's just like for good luck. Rachel thinks she wants to wait until her 30s to have kids. She did not bring in baby clothes today for her robot baby. She thinks this whole baby thing will just make for a fun story. Like the time she joined the boys' wrestling team and wound up puking in the locker room. I've been more excited about the backstory than anything else. Like, I need to find who's the father. I need to figure it out. Was it left on my doorstep? The girls take their babies. Each is in a car seat. Each looks like a real baby except plastic. The huge speaker on its chest, a vacant stare. Their lips are always pursed for feeding. And somehow, they always look a little pissed off. Paige and Rachel head to class. Their first big challenge... Do you know how much blood you're giving? Today is the blood drive at Glenridge High. Take my gloves off. Rachel is laid out flat on a table with a tourniquet around her arm. 
Her baby is on the floor behind her head in the car seat. The lab tech says, You're not allowed to give her the baby. She can't give Rachel the baby. I don't like this. I want to take care of my baby. I don't like the sound. If those cries sound disturbingly real, it's because they're recordings of actual babies crying. Oh, the baby really wants me to. And if Rachel could get to her baby, here is how she would get it to stop crying. It has to be her. It can't be someone else. She's being graded on this. So she's wearing a wristband that she swipes over the baby. That identifies her as the mother. Next, she'd have to figure out why the baby is crying. It could need one of four things. Burping, rocking, diapering, or feeding. To feed it, you hold a fake bottle by the baby's lips, and if she's hungry, she goes like this. When she's full, she goes like this. You have only two minutes to get it right. If you don't, you lose points. If you don't support the baby's neck, more points off. So all the time Rachel's on the blood donor table, she's losing points. The lab tech holds Rachel's arm, pushes the needle into her vein. Ow, 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 it really hurts now. It hurts more now. Ow, ow, ow. And then, like any stressed out drama geek, Rachel bursts into song. Opera. Are you you singing because of the pain or because you don't want to hear the baby crying? It's a little bit of both. Mostly because of the pain. I'm sorry, baby! Meanwhile, Paige's baby seems to need attention constantly. She'll feed it or rock it, and it'll stop crying, but then start up again four minutes later, then five minutes after that, then another seven minutes after that. I think I've kind of learned already. It's only an hour, hour and a half into it. Um, I've definitely learned this baby. It's kind of like a normal baby, but not. Because I think a normal baby is not this needy. Of course, a human baby is way more needy. But, you know, amateurs. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, drama and drama club. I'm serious. Don't go away. Hey, if you like our show, I'm going to ask you to do one simple thing that'll help us out a ton. Go to iTunes and subscribe to our show. Even if that's not how you listen to podcasts, just click subscribe. And while you're there, write us a review. For real, these things help people find our show, which helps our show stay strong. And if you're looking for a new podcast to try, check out WNYC's New Tech City with Manoush Zamarodi. Manoush is a mom. She's not a tech geek. And she has all the same questions that I have about parenting and technology. What I love about her show is she goes and she gets those questions answered for all of us. Like there's this one episode where she talks to a teenage girl about smartphones and they get all into privacy and cyberbullying and sexting. I have a five-year-old. I can't even really imagine that. Anyway, um, her approach is just super personal and, and I really encourage you to check it out. You can find New Tech City wherever you get your other podcasts or listen on the WNYC app.
We're back with Paige and Rachel and their fake babies at Glenridge High. Joanna and I follow Paige and Rachel through the rest of their classes. The babies wail through lectures, through debates. Okay, so what, what else In one class, there are four babies going off. This is the most babyful class I've gone to so far. Which makes it feel more like a nursery than a school. While taking a test, Rachel discovers a clever workaround. She props the bottle up in the car seat and basically has the baby feed itself. Some teachers are amused, others aren't. The girls are especially nervous about bringing the babies to play rehearsal. They tell me the director's a little shouty. The show is Dead Man Walking, a stage version of the film. Both girls are in the play, and they both play mothers. Rachel is the mother of the murderer. Paige is the mother of the nun. Paige is standing on a raised platform at the back of the stage. She's swaying a little, looking up at the spotlight as she sings. Then, just as she feared... From backstage, her baby starts crying. Paige lunges off the platform and trips on a wooden crate that's part of the set. She flies through the air, oddly gracefully, and lands smack on her knee. Clearly, she's not fine. She's on the ground, hugging her leg. Everyone circles around her. Since it was blood drive day, there's a student volunteer there, still in his EMS uniform. He checks her leg to see if it's broken. It's not. It's just a really bad bruise. Paige is crying. Her baby is crying. She's cradling the baby in her arms. Someone turns the spotlight on them. Paige looks like the Virgin Mary. At this point, Paige decides she's ready to cheat. One of her friends tells her to take off the bracelet. Paige wriggles it off her wrist and hands the baby and the bracelet to the girl, who gets to work triaging. Burping, rocking, burping, yeah, feeding. It needed to be held. It needed to be held. Yeah, it just needed to be held. And I I burped it, but I didn't make any burping noises. How are you feeling about motherhood now, Paige? I hate it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's just really stressful. I just, oh. Sorry, I'm in so much pain. I ask the girls to record themselves on their phones at night, whenever their babies wake them up. Here's Rachel. And so it begins. This is the first time she's woken me up. It's 11.30 p.m. Diaper changing and the bottle have not worked. I'm attempting to rock the baby. She appears to have stopped. Hopefully she'll be sated for a while. Rachel over and out. This is wake up number two, about five minutes later. It seems
seems like she doesn't really need anything. She's just lonely, I guess. Oh, once I had a little dog. His color, it was brown. I told him for to whistle. It is 4.13. The baby was hungry again. The tiredness is really setting in. I've grown strangely emotionally attached to this lump of plastic, and I'm going to be a tiny bit sad to get rid of her. Rachel records herself every single time the baby wakes her up, both nights, a total of nine times. Paige was so overwhelmed by the night wakings that she didn't wind up recording herself at all. Like, I don't, I'm so, so tired, and my whole, I don't know why, but I feel like my whole body has just been slammed up against a wall. I just, I can barely keep my eyes open, and I just feel so exhausted. And, uh, and how were you feeling while it was going on? Were you feeling mad at the baby? Um, a little bit. I... I was just like, man, I, I just, my mama came in and said, well, scan it, sweetheart. And I, I remember saying, I already did. And then I, like, took her diaper off, threw the diaper, put the diaper back on, and, and she still was crying. And I looked at my mom and said, Mom. And so at, around the third time she woke up, I was like... <sighs> I just wanted everyone to be quiet and leave me alone. The next day at school, Rachel was not herself. Before chorus, Katie Schultz, who was actually, she plays the nun in the play, she just asked me, how's the baby? And I just went, can everyone just shut up? <laughs> and in my mind, I was like, she wasn't doing anything. I sh she was not the person I should be yelling at. But I was just like, <sighs> Overnight, Paige and Rachel have become animals I recognize intimately. They've become mothers, throwing their minds, bodies, and hearts so fully into a tiny being that they can't help but whine and lash out at people who don't deserve it. Even Paige says she's become a jerk, or her version of a jerk. She forgot to thank a boy who held the door for her. Plus, she admits to me that she's cheated a second time. She forgot to bring her costume for dress rehearsal, so she slipped the bracelet off again and left the baby with a friend while she ran home. Next morning comes the moment of truth. The girls hand in their babies and get their grades. The robot baby keeps a minute-by-minute minute record of how you did. Paige goes first. Paige is a 71. 71, which is what in letters? Uh, C minus. And what did she get points deducted for? For she had a missed feeding, a head support, and then 649, she had a missed feeding and a head support. 658, she had a missed burp, and 929, yeah, so... Yeah. All right. All right. Don't worry. No fret. Because I, I, every time she cried, I, I picked her up immediately, gave her her bottle. If she didn't want that, I put her type on. So I don't know. I thought I did okay. I didn't think I get like a C. So disappointed. Rach, let me get your grade for you. It's a big moment for Rachel. She's getting her grade. 94. Which translates to an A? An A, yeah. If I were a betting person, I'd have never put money on Rachel doing better than Paige. Especially not this much better. For all of her baby clothes and maternal instinct, not to mention wanting to be a young mom, 
Paige turns out to be a below-average mother, at least when it comes to plastic children. Has this changed the way you feel about uh, becoming a mother and about babies? Um, I thought, like, I could have a baby at 21. I'll go to ministry school, meet a, a man of God, a man of my dreams, or get married and have a baby. Um, but I think... Maybe, maybe I think I, um, maybe a little older than I thought. Like, I, um, I cannot even imagine putting a baby, a life, into my world. And, um, I think it'd be horrible. Paige isn't sure how old she wants to be when she starts a family now. She just knows she can't even picture it. Her whole life plan has been thrown out of whack by her robot baby. My response to the baby was almost the opposite of Paige's in that if I have a baby really young, I feel like I would keep the baby. I also never would have guessed that Paige and Rachel would flip their positions. Because I kind of like the feeling of having a baby. Like for some reason, like I guess the idea that someone or something like needs you and only you kind of makes you feel like important (laughs) it was awful but at the same time like I was I kind of liked it I never really thought that I would want to have a kid younger but maybe I would Rachel called it early onset baby fever and said her mom was freaked out by it I asked one of Rachel's teachers and the president of the company that makes the babies about this ironic and unintended outcome, that the robot baby made a teenage girl want to have a real one. They both said this was rare. They shrugged it off. The teacher said she was sure Rachel's the kind of girl who will make a thoughtful decision about when to have her own child. Overall, the girls had a way more authentic mothering experience with the robot babies than I'd expected. But the moments when Rachel and Paige couldn't be available to the babies, when Rachel gave blood, when Paige fell, the girls lost points in those moments. When you're a real parent, those things happen all the time. Diagnosing whether your kid needs to be fed or diapered or rocked, that's not what makes you a pro at parenting. It's coping with the stress of getting it wrong, of feeling like an amateur which is going to happen no matter how much practice you've had. If you want to know what one of these robot babies looks like, We've got pictures of them with Rachel and Paige at LongestShortestTime.com. Also, we know that a lot of you carried around eggs or flower sacks when you were in high school. Maybe you've got a kid who's had an electronic baby. Anyway, we want to hear all about it. Was it fun? Was it a disaster? Tell us how it all went down. I also want to know, have you ever seen one of these teen pregnancy deterrents actually change a teenager's attitude towards sex? Or can you think of anything that would? Leave us a comment at longestshortesttime.com in the post for this episode. That's episode 51.
This podcast is a production of The Longest Shortest Time and WNYC. The show is produced by me, Hilary Frank, and Joanna Solitaroff. Bill Moss mixed the show. Our theme music is by The Batteries Duo. A huge thanks today to Ira Glass and Sean Cole and the rest of the This American Life team for co-producing this story with us. Thanks also to Alex Kappelman, Evan Middlesworth at Pine Hollow Audio, and to Chris Bannon. Chris has been our manager at WNYC since we partnered up with them in May last year, and this, sadly, will be his last show with us. Chris has given us an amazing amount of creative freedom with this show, always encouraging us to think big, like with this sex series. We'll miss his guiding voice, and we wish him the best of luck in his new job at Midroll Media. I'll be back with a new episode in two weeks at 3 o'clock in the morning. But you don't want to wait until 3 a.m. to hear that, do you? You don't have to. Just subscribe to our newsletter. Go to our website, enter your email in the little box on the homepage, and I'll send you a secret link six hours earlier than the show gets posted. And don't forget to listen to WMYC's New Tech City. They've got lots of shows coming up about kids and technology, so be sure to tune in this month. Find New Tech City wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the WNYC app. And as always, if you have a story that you'd like me to consider for this podcast, go to longestshortesttime.com and submit your story.